everybody, to the week 13. Un- unbelievable. Oh, God. It's already over. Week 13. For some of us. For a lot of us, yeah. Oh, well, most of us, it's not over. That's true. We yeah. have a higher percentage of people. Unfortunately, you are in the lower percentage I'm, person. Yeah, I'm always so. in that percentage. I'm sorry, man. We, we didn't have to go right down that path. <laughs> that, was, that was cool. How, I did not see, plan uh, that out. How deep are we in here? <laughs> About 20 seconds. Okay. All right. Uh, yes, it is the week 13 uh, Eyes on Big podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Yeah, so as we've obviously already talked about, we are in the last week mm. of the season, uh, what is typically known as rivalry week. Yes. For for most teams in the Big Ten, but not not all of them. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get in the... Get the get the weekly Big Ten rankings. Yeah, let's start off with the Eyes on Big Power Rankings. This week we've divided into five tiers. The bottom tier, of course, we have Rutgers at the bottom, followed by Illinois at 13. Next tier up, we have also two teams. Indiana's at 12, Minnesota at 11. This next tier, the middle one, gets really dicey. Sure. You, could, you could mix and match a lot of these teams many different ways. Starting at the bottom, Nebraska, then Maryland, Purdue at eight, Michigan State seven, Wisconsin, Iowa at five. I mean, I I don't really know where to put Purdue right now because I just don't know who they are anymore. Nebraska, um, they certainly deserve to be in that tier, but yeah, I mean, you could flip flop. Wisconsin, With Nebraska, it's the tough thing. It's how good are they now compared to the overall record? Much better now than they were before. Yeah, compared but to the record. But you can't rec- just you can't just sneeze no, away the s- fact that they're four and they're seven. They're still four and seven. They earned that. And you can't so. sneeze away the fact that Michigan State is six and five and bowl eligible. Correct. All right, moving up to the second to the top tier, we've got Penn State at four, Northwestern three, and Ohio State at two. And of course, all alone at the top right now, Michigan Wolverines. I got no problems with those rankings. Yeah, it's just tough when you get in the middle there. Yeah, for sure. Kind of, we'll recap it more at the end of the year for, uh, you know, in between bowls or something like that. But we'll just kind of lay out the whole thoughts, I think, on the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, we'll have some sort of a wrap-up show, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we do little injuries first? Well, let's let's do some housekeeping. Housekeeping? No, thank you. Sleeping. All right, this will be really quick here. Uh, looks like Chase Winovich, defensive lineman from Michigan, he's listed as questionable with that shoulder injury, but it sounds like he's probably going to play. J.D. Spielman is also questionable for Nebraska wide receiver, but he may not play, it's sounding like. Maurice Washington, running back for Nebraska, also questionable. Flynn Nagel, receiver for Northwestern, questionable. No reason to play him and risk further injury. Mike Weber and Terry McLaurin for Ohio State, both listed as probable. So, Looks like they're going to play against Michigan this weekend. And Alex Hornibrook is still doubtful with that concussion. So it looks like probably Jack Cohn for that big X game. Yeah, again. That concludes injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is usually where I pop in with the uh, college football playoff rankings. Do we want to go over I it? mean, what's the point, right? It's the same. If you, if you don't know what the top five or six teams are now, you're just yeah. not paying that much attention. The only thing I wanted to point out okay. was – I think the team that is criminally overlooked right now is Washington State. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying eight is awful, but I think they should be in front of LSU for sure. That's not even up for debate. And who did mind. LSU play last week? I'm trying to find it right now. I can't find it. It was Sisters of the Poor. Right. Yeah. I know it's Sisters of the Poor. I just wasn't sure which sister. Um, <laughs> um, uh, LSU, Oklahoma, to me, for sure. And... Maybe I'm crazy, but I think Georgia, too. I think they deserve five, to correct? be in that five or six area. My thought process is people just have not watched Washington State enough to know that they have an amazing offensive line mm-hmm. and a quarterback that's playing out of his mind. Yeah, and their defense that. is better than what people understand. A lot better. Yeah. Now. I'll probably eat these words because I'll probably turn around and get beat by Washington in the Apple Cup this yeah. weekend. But anyways, that honestly, other than that, it's just the, their explanations on why Oklahoma is ranked that was the where best. they're at. That's at what six. I enjoyed the most. And, and, because and of their offense. Because of their offense. Okay, right. then why do you have Ohio State down at 10? Because, because of their, their defense. defense. <laughs> 
And they're literally it makes no sense. And Ohio Ohio State has a better defense statistically speaking uh, right. than Oklahoma. Yeah. And their offenses are literally like neck and neck. Right. One and two. There's the lack of consistency. Well, again, just no criteria. They Correct. can do whatever they want. They can get away with whatever they want because there are no criteria. No, whatever they say goes, and there's nothing you can Which do. Which is probably it. the stupidest thing about the college football playoff to me. It's definitely part of it. Yep, it's definitely part of it. So, um, speaking of Chase Winovich, I okay. just want to chat a sure. little bit about that incident against Indiana. There's been a lot of chatter on Twitter from Michigan fans calling Indiana cheap, saying that uh, Stepaniak gave him a cheap shot. So uh, Chase was engaged with an offensive lineman. Stepaniak came over, hit him in the side. Winovich goes to the ground. Then he piled on top of him. The play was not over. I, I don't know that to be an illegal play. Do you? Don't know if it's illegal. That- Probably more than anything, don't care. It It is... The pussification of society. Yeah. This is football. This it, is a contact sport. This is a collision sport. Real men play it, and they do mean things to each other. Yeah. That's I, why we love it. it. Of course. It's ridiculous that we are pouring over the minutia. And, and part of it is just because, you know, there's 45 camera angles on, you know, every single play mm-hmm. these days, and you can't get away with anything like you used to Speaking be able of, to do. Right. We, we saw that Winovich stepped on Stepaniak's leg intentionally a few plays before that i got no problem with that man i don't know what else to say like these things happen in games i agree this is football i just was shocked that people are calling it a cheap shot didn't make any sense to me i if i had to set the over under on how many leg hairs i had pulled out of my legs playing football it would be somewhere around a thousand really oh all the time Hmm. leg hairs getting pulled out who was the dirtiest team you played against was there one that stood out um no, I guess I mean I would. Okay, I'm, oh, I've got high school teams and college teams no, going th- through I'm, my I'm, head, but I'm talking college yeah. in the Big Ten specifically. God, I'd have to think about that. Okay. a little bit, just as far as the overall tenor of the game. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, I mean, was, Iowa, Iowa Northwestern was getting to be a really? chippy, chippy okay. type of situation. Um, Minnesota was up there. I too. would imagine that that doesn't surprise me just because the rivalry, right? But nothing that I guess just jumps out of my okay. head. Okay, just though. curious, right? <laughs> That's all I got for housekeeping. You yeah, anything okay. else? No, let's go into the games. All righty. So we enter week thirteen, which is most commonly known as Rivalry Week in the Big Ten and across the country. The only quote-unquote rivalry game that's played on Black Friday is the 4-7 and seven Nebraska Cornhuskers traveling to the 7-4 and four Iowa Hawkeyes. This is a 11 o'clock a.m. game on Fox. The line right now is Iowa by 9 with the over-under at 53.5. They call this the, the Heroes game, playing for the Heroes trophy. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's just I don't, is, I don't think anybody really cares about the trophy. Right. What does the trophy look like? Is it? Um, yeah, like, it, it has something to do with, you know, like a, a hero bending down or something. Yeah, like that. I thought so. I, I, I guess that proves right there on how little I actually think about the trophy. Right. Because, I, I mean, I, I don't think this is a sought after trophy. I mean, Iowa plays for the pig. The, the bull, which is the Iowa Wisconsin, has actually. Take okay. on quite a bit. There's there's cooler trophies out there, and this one doesn't rank. Yeah, a lot so. of these new trophies just don't do it for me. Yeah. They well, just miss the, the boat. For they sure. They try too hard. They try too hard. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, there has been a large contingent of Nebraska fans that that's what they have felt like about this game in general is that it's not a rivalry. We don't consider well, then who Iowa – who would they think their rival is, though, in the Big Ten? I that mean, is always my question back. If, if not Iowa, right? and most of the time, the answer is we don't have one. How well, sad you gotta, is that? That's even worse than not liking your rivalry. I, that's how I would view it. <laughs> and that's why I'm interested to hear your point of view, because I'm tainted. I am an <laughs> Iowa football <laughs> fan. That, And I'm just full disclosure – this is my least favorite football team yeah. in the Big Ten, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We've 
we've, we've kind of established <laughs> this. And, and I clear. just want to say, if you're a Nebraska fan listening, I'm sorry to a certain degree, but we are not journalists who act like we're down the middle. We nope. are fans first and podcasters second. So Correct. I'm not going to try to hide my true colors with this. And this is Nor how you. I feel. But it's interesting to get your point of view on it because you, you have followed – the the exchanges between me and Nebraska yeah. fans on Twitter. It's and, always fun. Yeah. Um, well, okay, they're new to the Big Ten, right? They wanted to leave the Big 12. You're, you're, you need a rival. Your natural rival's right there, right next door. Correct. I, the, the states are very similar. The teams hate each other. The fans hate each other. It's perfect. Embrace it. And I would say what you just said is what most Iowa fans feel. Um I believe there is a higher contingent of Nebraska fans now than there were two years ago, even one year ago, that now believe that. Um, I'll tell you this much. The, and there's a history, too. I'll throw that in there. They there yeah, it's, not like the, it's not like we just started Correct. Iowa and Nebraska just started playing when, when Nebraska joined yeah. the Big Ten. Um, back to kind of a point you made before is Nebraska's rivals. The one thing I would say is that if Iowa was suddenly ripped from the Big Ten and put in the Big 12 or someplace else, while well, the Big 12, we do have a rival with Iowa State, Pac-12, yeah. just something stupid like that, that would suck. I don't know how else to say it. You grow yeah, up. Sure. I mean, it's it's. I don't know any Nebraska fans that are happy that they're not, not in the Big 12 Correct. anymore. So I, I acknowledge that is what I'm trying to it would say suck. with yes. that. It would suck. Um, so I certainly get that. But, I but guess get over it. Pretty much. Yeah. Get, I mean, you're in the Big Ten now, and I feel like there is a, a quite a bit of Nebraska fans that have embraced it. They are putting more polls out there this week on Twitter than Iowa fans or Iowa websites are that basically ask the simple question, is, is Iowa yeah. a rival? The one I saw was was basically 70 to 30, yes, that they okay. thought Iowa well, that's good. was a rival, so it's kind of crazy. That's encouraging. Um, but long story short, I don't think there's any way you can deny how much these fan bases dislike each other. That's very clear if you're on Twitter. Yeah. There there don't there doesn't seem to be twenty five different memes out there that Nebraska people put out about Purdue. No. There are no. at least that many that they put out about Iowa. Yes, so. indeed. So uh, how about let's move on to yards per play differential? Yes, go for it. Okay. For Nebraska, they're sitting at a positive zero point five five, good for eighth in the Big Ten. Iowa up to Third in the Big Ten, 1.04 yards per play differential. They seem to have took a jump after last week's game. All right. I guess we had to throw that in there. <laughs> but it, they, I think they moved like three spots. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, okay. So moving on to the game. You, you started out. What, what's, a, what's a random thought you have? Well, so you got this Nebraska team that seems to have some momentum. Their defense is playing better, but their offense got shut down by Michigan State. And I see – Iowa as equivalent to Michigan State defensively, possibly even a small step better than them. So I don't I think Iowa can really limit what Nebraska does offensively. I can see that. Um it's kind of I'll have to believe it to see it type of deal. Um statistically speaking from top to bottom, Iowa's defense is better than Michigan State's. Mm-hmm. Uh but sometimes it's better with a defense to statistically hold your head on one thing, which for Michigan State it's they're Stop amazing the run. at stopping the sure. run. And maybe in general that's better at stopping an offense like Nebraska's. Sure. With Adrian it, Martinez. Instead of being, if you will, a, a B or B plus across the board. Right. It's better to be an A or A plus at stopping I can the see that. run and then, you know, a B minus at the other stuff. So that is what's interesting to me is I certainly the weather played into Nebraska's offense having issues last week yeah. quite a bit. Um JD Spielman being out is a big deal, and it, it right. looks like he's still out now. Um, Stanley Morgan Jr. is still obviously a really good uh, option for him. Um, yeah, but that limits them a lot. If you have two amazing playmakers at the wide receiver position, you get eliminate one of them, you can just focus on Stanley all day. One would think yeah. that would be the plan of attack. Is So one at one podcast, I care, it was like three or four weeks ago, I said the wrong defensive uh, front, and I had – I just wanted to puke mm. when I listened to the podcast, but typically Iowa plays a four three. Oh, did you just say three four? No, I said four three, but they have been slipping into what looks like to me is a four two five. Oh, okay. 
I, I think I said well, it's pretty common. Though. I think I said a three three five on the podcast. Oh, okay, and, and maybe gotcha. want to vomit. So essentially, what they've been doing is is running, like I said, a four two five, which basically a four two five. The only thing the difference is is you're switching out a beefier linebacker right. for a quicker rover type of safety. I would say that's probably the most common defense now and it's pretty pretty much okay that's right pretty much every defense is still a 4-3 it's just right they've the the outside linebacker looks more like a safety yeah, now. Just put a smaller faster guy out yeah there. so um they've gotten i was gotten healthier back again at linebacker a little bit but okay. i wonder if in that that rover in this situation is amani hooker i yeah. wonder if he will play a gigantic role in the game because okay. he would be essentially a spy on Adrian Martinez to try to stop him from I gotcha. killing you. Because I think there is a mismatch up front with Iowa's D-line with Nebraska's O-line. I don't think I'm looking at things through no. Hawkeye-colored glasses with that. But even with that being said, Adrian Martinez is so skilled, he can get around a rush and hurt you both getting free and throwing the ball or certainly just getting free and running. Yeah. So that's key number one right there mm -hmm. is what the game plan is on Iowa to stop Adrian Martinez for, from killing him like that. I'm curious, after that Illinois remedy for Iowa last week, that lost three games and they got to beat the crap out of Illinois, is, is that did that get them over the hump? Did that get them past that, that yeah. lull they had in the middle of the season? Yeah. Uh, Andy Staples wrote an article, the, the Get Right Game. And okay. he believes in the get right game. Okay. That was a get right game. Oh, that was they got right. Yeah. <laughs> um we'll see. I mean, more than anything, it's I don't know if that was a get right game as much as it is just get the bad taste out type of game. Mm -hmm. I mean it winning is the ultimate deodorant, so certainly it, it hurt. But I yeah, I mean, will it spill over into this? A little bit sure, because they've you know, they feel better about things. Um reading both of the uh, uh comments both right after the game in Nebraska's case and then mm -hmm. Iowa this week, the players are ready to play this game. There, it does not seem to be a letdown as far as, you know, being both teams being disappointed where they're at. Right. Certainly both teams are disappointed where they're at, but they definitely still want to win But that's game. good to hear because technically neither team's really playing for that much. Nebraska can't go to a bowl game. Nope. Iowa can just maybe improve go to a better, the status go to a better of, their, of yeah. their bowl, but yep. they're really just playing – for the sake of the rivalry here. Correct. But with that being said, the game still matters, doesn't it? I I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's another debate, but we won't go down that path. Um, yeah. Uh, so what I was kind of alluding to before, I, I, I can't remember the Nebraska offensive lineman's name, but right after the Michigan State game, he goes, mm -hmm. I feel great. I just can't wait to go down to Iowa and beat Iowa. Is it Tanner Farmer? Yes, it was. Okay. Good job, man. See? Yeah. Yeah. Good work. Um, okay. So the, like I He's said. He's from the, Illinois, by the way. Okay. <laughs> All things come back to the land of Lincoln. Um, um, on the and uh, LOL. On the other keynote, so the one keynote is Ad containing Adrian Martinez. Then the other uh, key uh, thing that will play out in the game to decide is if there's any semblance of a defensive game plan that makes sense for Nebraska. What they're going to do is put eight or nine in the box and blitz Stanley and make him mm -hmm. make plays all day long. So. So shocker, the two the two keys come down to the quarterback on the other side. How does Stanley look? What what version of Stanley do we get? And how question. does he how does he throw the ball and and you know and attack the the blitz? If you had to guess, where would you say the Nebraska defense is at right now, ranked in the S and P? Just their defense. Um, where are they in the country from from one to one hundred and thirty? Right around ninety. They're sixtieth. Okay, so they've took that big a jump There's, up. They're not that bad of a defense anymore. They've improved that much. Okay, have they improved that much, or have they played Bethune Cookman? Well, that's Michigan State part of it. Yeah, plays into it, right? Yeah, I suppose it does. Yeah, but they do adjust for strength of schedule somehow too. I think okay. the S and P does. Okay, um, a few little notes here. Nebraska leads the overall series twenty nine to sixteen with three ties, but Iowa's won the last three and four out of the last five. Nebraska is six and zero against the spread in their last six Big Ten games. Yeah, they've they went from being overvalued to undervalued yeah. this year. So yeah, um, not only has Iowa beaten Nebraska the last two years, they've beaten them up. Last three, I have three last, but I would say especially. Oh, no. Well, they won fifty six to fourteen last year. Yep, and it was uh, forty to ten, I believe, okay. the year before that. Uh, the year before that was also a good victory. It wasn't 
as dominant dominant right? gotcha. of, a, of a victory in that case in each case it was pretty obvious where the the deficiency lied for nebraska it was along the lines sure i don't see it any different right now the difference is okay. scott frost and adrian martinez which is it which is a big difference right don't get me wrong, especially with adrian martinez all right so let's get down to this is a tough one for me to pick uh, it's at kinnick which obviously gives the hawks a big advantage but that line just seems a little bit too much for me right now with the way that Nebraska's been trending lately. So I'm going to go Nebraska. I don't love it, but I'd like Nebraska to cover Iowa to win. I am the exact same way. I like Nebraska to cover, uh, but Iowa to win. The one that I really like mm-hmm. is – I actually like the under. I see I would a lean lower, under here. I see a lower scoring game, yeah. and I'm surprised to see how in love so many people are with this being a high-scoring game. Hmm. That's just not what I see. There's no, going to be either. weather concerns in this, so I like the under. All right, moving on to Saturday the 24th. we got six games. First one up, the 5-6 and six Purdue Boilermakers at the 5-6 and six Indiana Hoosiers. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on ESPN2. The line is Purdue by four, over under 65. Pretty good trophy right here. We got the old Oaken yeah. bucket. Um, so this is the second year in a row that both of these teams come in yeah. at a 5-6 and six record with the winner going to a bowl and the yeah. loser going home. And there's been a number of other years, too, I can remember. My my brother was at a game where I think it was the same thing. I think they were both five and six. It was probably 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. It would have to be because, to be honest with you, before Brougham got there, Purdue wasn't fighting for a bowl spot hardly. Yeah, ever. it was a while back, but but uh, Indiana won on a last-second field goal. He had a great time. Uh, the bucket, I looked into the bucket. That's actually a real bucket from a farm in southern Indiana. Did you know okay. that? I did not. And they put they have a chain on the bucket, and each time a team wins, the the link is either an I or a P. And then you you take the chain, you throw it in the bucket. So I P in the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Swear to God. First game ever was 1925, zero to zero tie. The first the first bucket game they'd played before that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's go with uh, yards per play differential here. Purdue sitting at a positive 0.66, good for sixth in the Big Ten. And Indiana at a minus 0.53, good for 11th in the conference. So this is the, as we've established, the fight for the old oaken bucket. This could be the fight for the conundrum wrapped in a riddle mm-hmm. prize because both Purdue and Indiana have been that yeah. way all year long. You don't um, know which team's going to show up for both of these. Yeah, you touched on Purdue earlier in this podcast, but I think you could supply or uh, ask the same question to both teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Indiana, you know, plays great against Michigan, loses to Minnesota. You, you just don't know who's going to show up. Um, how much of a distraction do you think the whole Brom thing is I, I right now? I have that written down. I think it's a distraction. I think it is, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, they've lost, uh, they've lost back-to-back games as a favorite. Purdue has. Yeah. Two back-to-back games yep. as a favorite. Yep. And that's when all that talk started, right? right. Um, so, yeah, I, I have that written down. Then on the other side of it, for the positive for Brew, I have, yeah, but they still got, I think, a Rondale Moore that's getting healthier. I don't think mm. he was healthy for a while yeah. there. I think that played into the whole uh, plan of attack, yeah. know, lack of plan of attack. Um, David Blau and Zico, they still got talent on offense. They're, yeah, they they're, do. I expect them to move the ball quite a bit on Saturday morning. See, I, I, I think that IU is a similar team to Minnesota. They played a close game, right? They're They're – pretty evenly matched and minnesota beat the crap out of purdue so i think it's possible Hmm. okay but it does seem like this is the game that iu typically loses really i think so so you going is that is that the route you're going well the spread's four huh yes purdue by four yeah i guess i'm gonna take iu to cover but Purdue to win this one really so you're gonna i think so you're you're gonna live inside that four points i'm gonna live inside that yeah Um, I was expecting Indiana to be favored when I saw really? this line. I was surprised. Now, I'm not going to cha-ching it because that makes me no. nervous with the desert people and what they're up to, but I'm still going to stick with my gut and say that Indiana is going to win this game, so I'm going to go mm-hmm. ahead and take Indiana plus the four points. As far as the, the 65, I'm not going to cha-ching it, but if you 
put a gun up to my head. I'm going to go over. I see some points okay. in this game. I like it. All right, next game up. I don't think we got any kind of trophies going on here. It's the 5-6 and six Maryland Terrapins at the 8-3, and three, number 14th-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on ABC. The spread is Nittany Lions by 13-and-a-half, and the over-under is 53. Okay. Yards per play differential, we've got Maryland sitting at a positive 0.96. Good for fifth in the conference. Look at Maryland. Penn State, positive 1.28, and they're number two in the conference. It's a pretty evenly matched team in that regard here. Yeah. Or game in that regard. Uh, for me, I see this being a hangover game for Maryland, don't you, after that Ohio State game? Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a talk out of two sides of my mouth okay. alert here. Um, I, I think that I think that everybody counting this as a Penn State win – as an automatic, like I've already, you see a lot of projections that has Penn State at nine and three, and mm-hmm. potentially getting into New Year's Six Bowl, which I definitely think could happen. Um, maybe we should slow down here a little bit and look at Maryland because it's it wouldn't be the biggest shocker on Saturday if Maryland pulled this win. No, it wouldn't be a shocker by any means. Um, Maryland, if you ask Maryland, you know, players, fans, whatever. They consider this to be the closest thing to a rival, really, in that they have in the Big Ten. Okay, I mean, you know they're kind of like Nebraska; they're the the redheaded stepchild just came into the conference recently. I mean, who else is going to be right? It's a good point. And remember, a couple of years ago, the Maryland players refused to shake the Penn State players' That's hands. That's right. I do remember that now. And okay. I remember the way I recall it was they were trying to like, you know, establish some kind of Start rivalry it. here. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that Penn State fans and players do not view No. <laughs> I have not uh, – I haven't done any kind of social experiment or done any quiz, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying that. Sample size zero, but I'm guessing they yeah. consider it. Um, so, you know – But Maryland's playing for a bowl here. Maryland is playing for a bowl. So yeah. that is something that, that gives me pause to think that Penn State's just going to run away with it. Um, if Maryland's playing for a bowl – you know, if they play hard, they get to a bowl, they win. That that now eight and four record for Penn State is going to leave a very bad taste yeah. in Penn State fans' mouth. So, I feel like there's pl- there's plenty for both of these teams to well, play for. And it's Trace McSorley's last game. Correct. I mean, that's that's huge. Yep. To me, that's almost as big as the motivation that Maryland has to get to a bowl game. Yeah. And they're going on the road in Happy Valley here, so. That's a tough spread, though. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm going Penn State. I can see him winning by 14. That's interesting. I did not think that's the direction you would go. Okay. I, I believe that. I think if Maryland would have got run out of the house last week versus Ohio State, this line they would have packed it higher. in probably right. Right. And part of that is I think it's inflated the line or or brought the line to to Maryland closer to Maryland. Yeah. I can't get over the fact that if you shut Maryland's running game down, you shut the entire Maryland team down. Nobody's paying attention to the fact that Penn State's defense has gotten better and better and better in the last four or five weeks. At least very athletic linebackers. That's what I'm saying. Maybe not, you know, seasoned yet, but certainly better than Ohio State's linebackers. Yep. So to me, I I don't love it, but I like uh, Penn State to cover the 13 and a half. What I really like. Is the under because yeah. I just don't see a lot of points out of Maryland, and I see enough points out of Penn mm-hmm. State to 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 cover. So Penn State leads this series overall. They've played forty-one games. Okay, uh, believe it or not, can you would you no. have guessed that? Yeah, they played forty-one times. One's a tie, so let's throw that out. So let's say forty games. What do you think the record is? Thirty-seven and three. Wow, that is pretty damn good. Thirty-eight and two. Oh, really? Dang, that's close. Eh? <laughs> yeah, uh, twenty-four games in a row that Penn State won from sixty-two to eighty-eight. This one is weird. It, you know, when I prep for these, I always look at the head-to-head contest for the two teams. And one thing that's fun to look at is the largest margin of victory. And sometimes I'll point it out if it's like eighty-two to nothing. Right. The largest margin of victory for Maryland is four points. 1961 that's it <laughs> yeah so in their two wins they, they, they squeaked them out yeah all right moving on we've got the four and seven illinois fighting illini 
at the 7-4 Northwestern Wildcats. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on Big Ten Network. The line is Wildcats by 17. Over-under is 58. And I got to ask you, okay, so right. as far as the the trophy, oh boy, are you – are you a Sweet Sue Tomahawk guy, or are you okay with the Land of Lincoln trophy? Well, Jeff, you can't be a Sweet Sue Tomahawk guy. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> have, we, have we asked the Sioux people? Do they really care? I don't think the Sioux were consulted, but a Tomahawk is obviously racist. I mean, in the same way that a potato's racist. <laughs> So I'm glad we got rid of that damn yeah. tomahawk. Oh my god! You know? All the lives that were Man. saved and feelings that were spared. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, so a, I'm we, assuming that the land of Lincoln trophy. You know what we has, call it, right? No. The LOL hat. Okay. Laugh out loud because it's so stupid. <laughs> I've learned a lot of funny things about trophies today. This is good. Yeah, it's a really sad. It's a pathetic trophy. I would call it the worst uh, collegiate, you know, rivalry trophy. Mm. I don't know. There's a couple other. You check the old Cyhawk trophy out. Oh yeah, Boy, those were okay. those were a carpet stain. But you've seen it, right? It's I just have. a hat. It's yeah. a stovepipe it's hat. A, yeah, it looks for, so dumb. Yeah. I mean, you know, they should have never gotten rid of the tomahawk. But if they got rid of it, just get rid of the trophy in general. Yeah, that's what I think. All right, let's move what on. What do you think the... Abraham Lincoln would think of that trophy? I hope he'd be offended. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would. You know, it's just amazing. Then, meanwhile, look at Florida State. Look at yeah. all the imagery they use. Yeah. But, oh, that's okay. But they are, it has been, uh, the last time I checked into this anyways, the, they have the okay from the Seminole tribe. Partially. Partially? Okay. Well, first of all, they, they pay them off. They they give free scholarships to Seminoles. So everybody's winning out. Yeah, everybody's but then out the, they're not the only Seminoles. The ones that were displaced to Oklahoma, oh, they're no. totally against it. Okay, but nobody listens sense. to them. That makes sense. All right. That's a... Yeah, got, got off on a little tangent there. Um, so surprisingly, uh, somewhat evenly matched up game when you look at yards per play. Hmm. Illinois is at negative 1.17, 13th, and Northwestern negative 0.84. Insane. Yeah, w- good for 12th. They're 12th and 13th. I mean, so my, my so analysis. So that's similar, but they have reverse records. So, yeah. and if you Because the at, devil's in the details because Illinois turns the ball over. Northwestern does well, it. Right, Illinois so, gets penalties. Northwestern doesn't. And I think this – I'm calling it the coaching game. So if you're a hmm. coach or if you're a dad who has a son who plays, sit them down and have them watch this game and say, these teams have similar talent level, believe it or not. I think so. And watch how much, bad, how much coaching makes a difference. Listen to your coaches. Illinois, no discipline. Coaching's terrible. Execution's terrible. Turnovers, sloppiness, penalties – and Northwestern, totally the opposite. This, these are like total mirror opposite teams. Yep. And it just goes to show you how much it matters. And if you if you really wanted to boil it down, one team's disciplined, the other team's not. That's, that's, that's exactly it. my point. When you are disciplined, all those things that you just listed, they happen well or they, they work out well for your team. If you're not, that's where all the bad stuff comes in. I mean, I'll be honest. When I was a kid playing, I'm like, penalties, whatever. Come on, they happen. <laughs> for you know? sure. But you 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 know you hear your coach is like yeah yeah whatever it this stuff matters absolutely I mean, it does coaching does win college football games still yeah there's no doubt that I would even go so far as to say that of all the definitely all the levels of football and I would even say all the levels of sports in general the sport that matters the most that that coaching plays out good or bad the most is college football I think without question I would agree with that so on a scale of I just want to go home uh, to uh, – I'm playing in the Super Bowl. Where, where's Illinois' want to right now? Uh, uh, their want to is extremely low. So one would be low and ten would be high. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're sitting at a one or two. They don't yeah. want to play this game. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I didn't know if maybe it's a rivalry if it spiked it up a little bit. See, the thing about this rivalry is never really in the history of it has, have both teams been good. One's always up, the other one's always down. So it's never a big game. I don't think even the players think this is a big game. Okay. Uh, I I just see Northwestern being the team that you know shows up looking to kick ass, and Illinois is the one that shows up wanting to get back on the bus. So I love Northwestern here. I don't like them. I love them. I want to cha-ching Ooh, them right, right now. Right. Give me a cha-ching. Ooh, I, I give you there a you double go. one. Double right one. There. Hey, That's probably good fitting. enough. That's probably fitting. I do not like anything about this game. The only I love it. I. I and I know, seven. I, I here's the deal. I can't get this out of my head. 
is all the things that we're saying about Illinois, we could say about Rutgers. And they hung with Northwestern yeah. because Northwestern plays to right where they need to play to win the game. They, they haven't beaten they anybody. Do. That's that, a good point. They haven't blown out well, anybody Okay, like that. I'm glad you said okay. that. Uh, the streak continues. The underdog in Northwestern games is 11-0-1 against the spread in wow. the last 12. Wow. Okay. I don't care. I still love Northwestern. All right. I, I think I, you know, I, I'm going to double check or double back. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Illinois in the points. All right. I, I, I'm not really doing you don't that. Love it. I, but that's, that's what I'm doing just because I'm letting the statistics play out. The statistics say that Northwestern doesn't, do. doesn't blow out anybody. True. So I'm just going to apply it to this game. The one I like is the under, because I, I can just, I can just see not a lot of points yeah. happening. I can see Northwestern, this being something like 24 to 7, and they just kind of, it's pretty obvious the game's over and you just shut her down type of deal. Yeah, you'll have to let me know what the final score is because I will not be watching this game. Surprisingly, Illinois leads the series 55 to 51 with That's five ties. That's not surprising. Illinois has got a rich football e- history. Northwestern was awful. Everything's surprising if Illinois is doing something good. All right. You, you good? I'm good? That's all I got. Yeah, let's move on. All right. Again, I just want to say. I love uh, doing this podcast with you, and I think you have a lot of you know gumption and, and for you to stick with it, and it's, I really appreciate it's it. taking a lot. Yeah. All right, so next up, the five and six Minnesota Golden Gophers at the seven or seven and four Wisconsin Badgers. This is a two thirty p.m. game on ESPN two. The Badgers are favored by ten and a half, and the over under is fifty four. Obviously, they are playing for one of, I would say, top five coolest trophies yeah. in all of college football. It's up there. The Axe. Paul Bunyan's Axe. Did you see the video, the the hype video that Wisconsin... I saw that they had posted. I didn't yeah, watch it's it. Pretty cool. is it, it, it's pretty cool. Like, I'll go back and, and look at it. I think this is the longest running continual series in the, in the entire country. That it is. Yeah. All right. Yards per play differential. Minnesota minus 0.41. That's 10th in the Big Ten. Wisconsin positive 0.98, good for fourth in the Big Ten. So big difference in that in that regard in this game. So not only has there ever been a Gopher fan who has tweeted out, yay, we won the Axe, because Twitter was not around the last time Minnesota did that. There's, Correct. There was barely a chance to email your friends about because it has yeah, been. Yeah, it's funny. A, I was, it's 14 in a row. Correct. 14 axes. I mean, I was a different person. <laughs> yeah, we all, we all I was, were, man. I was in shape. <laughs> I was young. I could recover from things. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there, there, there might even be somebody listening to this podcast that was not that alive. That wasn't even born. Yes. Um, I Obviously, we're being a little glib here, but I want to say this. Wisconsin has been very, very, very good for the last four or five years. And they were very uh, consistent before that. Yeah. They were always a seven and five to nine and three type of team. Yeah. You know, before they kind of went on that tear there. Um, on the other hand, Minnesota has been just fine. It's people sometimes make this mistake that Minnesota was a historic four win team. No. They were, they've been a consistent They've been making bowl, bowls. Bowl all, Often, okay. So I bring this up to point out: it is shocking that they have not won this game in 14 years. Yeah. So what does that tell you? There's some. There's something to it. There's. They've got a mental block in this game. I don't think there's any doubt. Right. There. And I think it's such a powerful mental block that it overshadows the whole football program, and therefore affects fans and the media in town. You have. If you got to win this game. If you talk, if you talk to a Gophers fan, they just they chalk it up as a loss every before time. the season. And I think that brings in part of the reason why they get so focused on Iowa because they've just written off this game sure. as a loss for the better part of a decade now. Yeah, absolutely. I think the last was their last victory that Reese Lloyd kick yeah. at the end of the game. I think and it was, it was a close one. one. Yeah, yeah that, that was a great game to watch. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious how well Jack Cohn does here. He actually had a good game last week, so maybe he's kind of settling down. I just think <laughs> I just have to go with history here. I just think that they're gonna, you know, feed Taylor like they did last week, and I think it's just gonna be too much for Minnesota. I think yeah. that offensive line is gonna be too much for their defensive line. Yeah, I can certainly see that. Um, this one's close for me. The, I. I uh, 
typically, you know, in my head, go down the line and predict what I thought the, the lines would be are going to be. Sure. Um, I had no clue on this one. I didn't even put a guess out there. Really? This could have been anywhere to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly wasn't surprised to see it. Uh, you know, nestle in at ten and a half. No doubt that I believe the memo has gotten through to Paul Chris to just run Jonathan Taylor, run Jonathan Taylor, run Jonathan yeah, Taylor. That's what he has to do. That's if what he, he will doesn't do. do that in this game, I feel great about Minnesota and the points. Mm-hmm. If he does do that, not I don't feel so great about Minnesota and the points, but I feel like even with last week, okay, I still felt like Minnesota's defense played pretty well. Yeah. I mean, Blake I mean, Ashman had – 5,000 tackles last week. They're a different defense since Ross a better defense the last couple of weeks. So, on the other side of things, is is Wisconsin's defense? Do we do we think it's it's turned any kind of corner at all? Um, Would you like to guess where they sit in the S and P defensive rankings? Fifty seventh. They're fortieth. Their defense is not that bad. Yeah, and and that is something that I think I touched on it a little bit last week. You got to give Wisconsin credit, team, the team, the coaches, because mm-hmm. they could they could have pitched it in last absolutely. week. Absolutely, and they and I, I don't think I talked about enough on the podcast. Good job, good on you, you know, Badger players and coaches for sticking around because now you can still wind up having a pretty good year where you go eight and four. Yeah, and the point I'm trying to make is. Wisconsin has raised the bar so much that an eight and four season is, now is bad, and a fortieth ranked defense looks awful. Looks ter- yeah. because we are so used to the Badgers' defense the last three or four yeah. years just looking completely dominant. And speaking of Minnesota's defense, is coming along too. They're ranked forty fourth in the S and P. Really? Would you have guessed that? I would not. No, have. I would not have guessed yeah. that. Um, so maybe this game, maybe. I, okay, I, is I really it not like, starting to look a little bit closer? It kind of does, but then because uh, on the other side, what I was getting to is. I still think, you know, Tanner Morgan's still the quarterback, which I think is yeah, the right Yeah, I think call. that's what's going to happen. I, I am not overly impressed by Wisconsin's back seven. And what I'm saying is I think um, uh, Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman, I, I see options for him here moving the ball. Yeah, I could see they've that. Been, they've been running the ball okay. And I like Muhammad. Muhammad Ibrahim. That guy, he's impressed me this year. Yeah, I saw him early. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure that this is the guy, but he's he's uh, – He's a grinder. Yeah. But I'm still going to take Wisconsin. Yep. I, I, I like Wisconsin to cover. I like Wisconsin to win. I see I, I, I see some points in this game. Do you? I see. see I, I lean under in this game. Really? I, yeah. I can get that, too. Okay. Um, I would definitely keep an eye out on the, the weather for this, but I thought I saw it was supposed to be just okay. Um, I see a big game on both sides of the ball. I mm-hmm. don't see either one of these teams obviously packing it in. I think – Everybody on the Gophers team knows how bad they need to win this game. Yep. And nobody that's a senior wants to be the one that gives up the axe in this thing. I mean, right. it gets to be, you know, it gets to be burdensome, I think, sure. a little yeah. bit with that. I, it's like the one ring. It's like yeah. carrying the one ring. <laughs> Something like, yeah. Need a little Frodo action here. So I'm going to go even so crazy as to say, I actually really like Minnesota okay. and the points. This is a little bit of a throw the record or throw the windows out the record type of deal. And I Records think out be, the window. God, that was the – you can get a good look at sticking <laughs> that, your head up a T-bone. Wait. No, it's got to be – sorry. It's like shooting a fish in the barrel. <laughs> People uh, in town, fish in the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, long story. And ironic, Tommy Boy from Wisconsin. Um, yes. So, anyways, long story short, yeah, I think – uh, I still think the Badgers are going to win the game. That that I'm going to have to see that to believe it. Okay. But I think this is going to be something a little bit crazy, like a 35 to 31 type of game. Okay. Yep. A little more motivation here for the Gophers. This series right now is in favor of Wisconsin, 60 to 59. Correct. With eight ties. They they took the advantage wow. last year. And when you look at how far back Wisconsin <laughs> oh my was. In the like, ni- like years beginning ago? of the 1990s, it's insane. Yeah, the amount of the amount of uh, space they took up. So, okay, moving on. Okay, <laughs> let's get this one. Moving on to the next game. The one and ten Rutgers Scarlet Knights at the six and five Michigan State Spartans. Three o'clock p.m. game. It's the weirdest thing that this is. The only game in the after. This is the latest game. This is yeah. this is going to be the last game kicked off in the Big Ten right. for 2018 regular season. This is on Fox. Sparty by 26 and a half. <laughs> and then the funniest thing about it 
the over under is thirty seven. That has got to be. So so one thing that I I heard a I heard a um, handicapper say a long time ago is find the highest uh, uh, over under and uh-huh. take the over. And then find the lowest under under and take the under. Okay. You're going to win it something like 70% of the time. Really? I'm, I'm just going to go on the limb here. I didn't really like search the scores and odds board. I'm going to guess that this is the lowest over under yeah. on the board. I would even venture out to say, I should have probably looked this up. This could be the lowest over under that's been in college football all year long. You hardly ever see anything go under 40-41. Yeah, that's true. So you basically have a good team versus a bad team. Both have horrible offenses. Both have... You know, one has a great defense, the other one has a pretty good defense. That's how this yards is per play. I don't know. Yards per play, we're sitting at a negative one point seven seven. Rutgers has improved in that. Okay, they're still fourteenth, but they've improved their number. And then Michigan State sitting at ninth in the conference at a positive zero point one three. Go Sparty! So, I, I probably am going to take a little bit away from Nebraska here, but a big chunk of what happened last week in Lincoln was. Almost the total ineptitude of Michigan State on offense right now. Of course. Now. Yeah. There is They're lost. nothing they can go to no. to try to fix this right now. And I know it doesn't help much, but LJ Scott's not going to play Correct. again. Right. They're trying to lean on Ironhead Hayward's kiddo yeah. to try to do so. And, and he's everything right now. They're trying to run the ball it's, to him. They're trying yeah. to throw he's all they screens got. to him. They're, they're, and putting let's be him honest. In the, they're motioning him and putting him in right. the slot and throw. That's it. And he's fine, but he's not. He, that's that not good. the that's not the player that he no, is. No, you just need not. to. He's the change of pace power back, but that's all they have right now to try to run an offense around. Yeah, because it, I don't. And Rocky Lombardi is interesting to me. I thought that guy looked pretty darn good at the beginning. I of did the year, too, but and he looked horrible last week. And and again, weather that yeah, definitely played into it. it's a real deal. But he hasn't. He didn't look good the week before that no. either. It is. It is wonder, not a fluid throwing motion at Iraqi right now. And I wonder how healthy is Lewerke right now. And this would be his last game, right? He's he's right. a senior. Right. So crazy. You would think they'd want to play Lewerke in this game if they can, if his shoulder can do it. And that's definitely something to look out for. Yeah. If Lewerke can come in and, and do a, uh, give him a spark. On the other side with Rutgers, obviously there's nothing you're playing for other than – I mean, this is how low the bar is set. If, we, if they won this game – would it not actually give them a little momentum going into the offseason? Well, sure, of course okay. it would. Right. Yeah, I, that that Chris Ash could say, "I took over the defense, and we started we looking made better." Some changes they one hundred percent have looked better on defense yep. every week. And if they um, won this week, they would definitely it would require them to look much better. Right. So, okay, if I told if I asked you, who has the worst S and P ranking, the the Michigan State offense or the Rutgers defense? Um, Who, who's better there? Who's better? Who's worse? I don't know. All right. So the Rutgers defense is 95th in the country in S&P. Okay. Michigan State offense is 114. Wow. So that, that actually that matchup actually favors Rutgers, Rutgers this game. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't see Rutgers scoring in double digits. No. Against this defense. No, I, I don't either. I mean, I, I'd see this as like a 20 to 7 game. Right. Which is why I really like Rutgers covering. And so I want to ching wanna, oh. on that. And, and I'm just going to go right behind you with. Okay. I, I, when I first saw this this uh, game on the board, I just, I'm like, okay, I, I cannot wait to see what this over under is at. I was hoping, you know, I was like, maybe you can get up to like 44. Okay. I think it'll be closer to like 41 or 42. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> came out and it was 38, I think, when it opened up at. And I'm like, I don't know if I can feasibly take. The under, so I don't, I don't love it, but I actually like the under. Okay, don't get me wrong. If I gotta play something, I'm playing the under here, right? But, but yeah, I contacted my my special friend early in the week, and I and I took uh, Rutgers plus the twenty seven and a half. Okay, where I I knew it would move down because I think anybody that looks at this says, wait a second, Rutgers defense ain't that bad. Michigan State's offense is that bad. I can't see Rutgers scoring more than like seven points. In and order, I can't see Michigan State scoring 30. But that's the whole point. There's no way. Let's say Rutgers hits a gap, okay? Because their, their running attack has been better. Yeah, like, it has. They, they gashed uh, Michigan just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they've been getting better, right? at least running the ball, but they're so, so bad. So let's just go with that. Let's say a couple gash yeah, runs. Yeah, a couple 
Maybe yeah. Arter Sotowski doesn't turn the ball over like a crazy yeah. man, which he's he been will. a little bit better at lately, too. Anyways, long story short, Rutgers puts 10 points on the board. Is that is that the the craziest thing you've ever heard? I don't I don't think so. No, but then I still don't trust Michigan State to put up twenty seven. But, but that's my whole point. To to cover, they'd have to put up thirty eight. If 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 Rutgers put ten points but, on the board, right. they'd have they'd Michigan State have to score thirty eight points to no, cover. No, they'd have oh to to, to cover, cover the twenty. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you even remotely no. seeing that possible? Okay. No, I I just don't I don't see Michigan State scoring more than about twenty. I uh, should stop talking. Is the more I I wax poetic about this there's a better chance that suddenly That's Michigan State's true. offense is gonna come alive but all right so with that being said that brings us to the not only the Big Ten game of the week the game the number four ten and one Michigan Wolverines at the number 10 10 and one Ohio State Buckeyes this is an 11 o'clock a.m. game just like it always is this is on Fox the line is Michigan by four and a half. The over-under is 56. The last time Urban Meyer was a home underdog was his first year coaching <laughs> at Utah. I know. I saw that. 2003. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> that is amazing. That's insane. But I'm glad you called it the game. I don't and by like the way, no trophy, right? No trophy. No trophy no. needed. The- it, it, they'd probably fight and kill each other over the trophy if there was one. Well, sure. So. But – I don't remember anyone calling it the game until like 10 years ago I agree. or five years ago. How did that get started? I think they needed a name for it. Well, they, they stole the name for Harvard-Yale. They call their game the game. Yeah. And then Cal-Stanford is the big game. Okay. I think it's a total ripoff. I think they need to stop doing that. I don't like this it. This is the game, man. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. How about I mean, a game? <laughs> that wouldn't be, that that wouldn't be great. That, yeah, that would, Doesn't have the same would do a worse job. But yeah. I don't know. Did they did they get Harvard and Yale to sign off on this? I don't I, like it. I bet they did not. Yeah. Okay, but we know where you stand, Big Kurt, and I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's get on to the yards. Let per, me. Let me. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yards per play. Uh, of course, Michigan number one. The conference two point three two, and Ohio State sitting at seventh at zero point six five in the positive. What I would throw out to you is a lot of what I've read this week is talking about how different these ten and one teams feel mm-hmm. um so what, what i would throw out is if i went back to august we went back to august and i said okay michigan is going to be 10 and 1 entering the game and ohio state's going to be 10 and 1 entering the game and then i said with that being said michigan would be favored by four and a half points you would yeah, think i was crazy I, I would not have believed you i, I would have believed you if you had said ohio state was slightly favored that i'd be cool with that right i, I would like not have but both are looking Tough and you right. know, but Ohio State would still be favored at home. No, certainly no one would have guessed that Michigan would be favored in this game right. before the season. But, but with that being said, I I get it. But there are some interesting thought processes with this game on how exactly these teams match up. Yeah, well, it's a defense versus an offense, pretty much, right? Correct. It's one of the greatest defenses I've seen in Big Ten history. Yeah. Going against, <laughs> I think you could throw out there one of the best yeah. Big Ten offenses I've ever seen. So let's let's start there. You want to um, go down some rankings first? Sure. All right, Michigan defense, scoring first in the league, passing first in the league, rushing first in the league, third in the league, I'm sorry. Total defense, first in the league. Okay, let's move over to Ohio State's offense. Scoring first, passing first, rushing seventh, total first. I mean, this is the ultimate offense versus defense game. It really is. And my gut feeling is that it's advantage Michigan defense. Well, usually defense is the edge, right? Correct. Correct. I I think that's always going to be my default setting. Me too. I've seen too many many football games. And that's NFL down to college, down to high school. The team with the stronger defense typically has the advantage. Especially in a big game. And I think a lot of it, what it comes down to is – even one of those great defenses, they have they fall asleep at the wheel every now and then, and a team rips off mm-hmm. you know like something shocking last week, twenty points and three hundred and eighty yards, right? Right. But they still have that confidence that they're going to respond, get a sack at get the time they need it. Correct. Yep. On the other side of it, when you have an offense that's more used to just running all over the field, yeah, with little impediment. Correct. And then all of a sudden they get slapped in the face, punched in the mouth. 
they lose a lot of confidence they, quickly. There you go. And yep. they feel more off. So that's one reason that I f- uh, favor Michigan's defense. But you know what? Haskins, he just never gets rattled that See, guy. okay, I know you said that last week, and he he certainly deserved that credit last week. Mm-hmm. But I've seen other games. Like, he didn't look great in the Penn State game. And, and that was a while ago. But yeah. Penn State got in his dish a little bit. Yeah, but, and but he responded, is my point. He always responds. They responded with screens and draws. Yeah, to, to help true. them out. Um, they want, and I'm not saying they, I'm not game. saying they can't do that here. But yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not quite there yet. Okay. With um, Dwayne Haskins and him being this cool under pressure guy, I think he likes to just three step drop, sling it. Five step drop, sling it. Yep. I don't think he's going to have a chance to do that very much in this game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to me, the bigger part that really Ohio State needs to look at is. J.K. Dobbins, I, I I want to see them try to run the ball. Okay, that's how Michigan's got. I don't want to say gash because that's too strong of a word. I mean, they're, they're third in conference against the rush. They're not first, right? So that's probably where you're gonna. You're that's gonna it. That's get, your. That's what you have to do, right? And I don't. And we're not 100 percent sure on Mike Weber. It, it looks sounds like, like he's, he's gonna, gonna play. play. Yeah, I think those are the two key guys. Yeah, I think so. Because now you flip to the other side. The reason I think you go with that game plan is that. Uh, certainly much has been made as it should be that Ohio State's defense has looked horrible. Yes. it's It's been – it's not just a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire rolling downhill. In a toilet. Going towards an orphanage. It okay. just looks <laughs> – it looks bad. And But – but Michigan's not really a there big play offense. So they are not a big play offense. No, that's okay. not what they're built on. That's it, I'm, and I'm not saying it's a bad offense. It's just no. – I don't even know if they want to explode. <laughs> no, I don't think that's their. I think it would throw them off their deal. Right. They, they just like to. I think Harbaugh's head would explode. Yeah. if their offense exploded. Right. Um, so that is something that maybe kind of plays into Ohio State's favor. As crazy as it sounds, yeah, because Michigan's defense is just fine, or Michigan's offense is just fine. Yep. Um, I don't know. I just I don't see the the gash plays like like we think. No, I don't. So. Uh, all right, with with all that said, I do like Michigan to win the game. Yep. But I like Ohio State to cover. I'm playing in that little zone again. Now, typically I don't like to be in that zone, but yeah. I'm in the same zone as well. This feels like it's – I I feel like the sentiment that's out there is that Michigan's just going to win this thing running away. Yeah. I'm going to have to see that to believe it. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I like Michigan to cover. What I really like – is that under 56. Really? I okay. see a lower-scoring game. Yeah. This feels like a slug-it-out 24-21 to 21 okay. type of game to me. I want to stay away from that total. Okay. Um, how about some tidbits here? Let's go for it. Let me dig into my goodie bag and see what we can come out with. You had mentioned, uh, stole a little bit of my thunder, first underdog role for Urban at home since 2003. Just mentioned that. Ohio State, it's their first underdog role overall since, do you know when? Uh, maybe Oklahoma a couple years? Dude, since the national championship game versus Oregon, 52 games ago. That's insane. I couldn't believe that. They've had, been favored every while. Wow. I had to read it five times. Uh, they're 13-1 and one straight up against Michigan the last 14. Let's see, the overall record, 58-49-6 in favor of Michigan. Now, I look deeper into that, into the, the, the um, matchup here overall. Ohio State joined the conference in 1912. But they actually were playing before that. Michigan won the first nine contests. So if you take those away, mm. it's a, it's dead even since then. Wow. The first win for Ohio State was in 1919. Crazy. Yeah. Michigan had won all prior. But since starting in 1919, this is dead even. That's insane. Yeah. That's some good stuff right there. Yeah. How about that? All right. Um, so that gets through the Big Ten slate. I know we're going long here, so we'll go kind of quickly over some of these. So there is two Friday games that I find interesting. Um, Oklahoma-West Virginia. Uh, yeah. It's uh, 7 o'clock p.m. on ESPN. About 65 to 70 probably. I think, yes. I But as much as I hate to ever put any kind of trust in Oklahoma's defense in any capacity, mm-hmm. I think they win this game 49 to 37 okay. I'll type go, of deal. Like I like, I'll go, I like Oklahoma. I'll go 70 to 65. Okay. Um, other Friday game is this one. I'm probably going to watch more of Washington, Washington state. Oh yeah. The Dude, apple, apple cup. cup. I got, I got no ill feelings towards the apple cup. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah. And but I'll be pulling for Washington state. 
100%. Yeah. I'll be pulling for Washington State. Nothing against Washington. I think Chris Peterson's a overall good guy. I wonder if there is going to be a lot of people that are going to be watching Washington State for the first time in this game on Friday night. Yeah, I imagine. Don't you a think? A bunch of them. Yeah. I mean, it's a great opportunity, too. Right. What else is what else are you going to watch? And wouldn't it be awful as a Washington State fan that yeah. that's the first time that they see you? and Bye-bye. And Washington <laughs> actually wins the game. Yeah. I'm going to take Washington in the two and a half points. Oh, yeah? In this okay. game. Yeah. Uh, some Saturday games then is, did you look up the spread for the Iron Bowl? I did not, no. Take a guess. Oh, boy. 21. Nice. 24. 24. I wow. mean, Auburn is, a, Auburn is a bowl team, <laughs> and this is arguably, I think, I think the second biggest rivalry in college football, but you could potentially say the most heated rivalry in college football. Yeah. You know, I, I, I take that back. I take that back. Ever since I ran into that Auburn fan last fall, that oh, that's said right, he kind of cheering for. He's like, "Yeah, man, I, I cheer. I, obviously, I'm cheer for Auburn to beat Alabama, but other than that, I, I cheer for Alabama." I just don't understand that. It's that SEC goofiness. Yeah, you're there right. There has never, ever been a Michigan fan that would cheer for no Ohio way. State in any capacity, and the vice versa is the same too. Yeah. So I take that what I just said. Michigan-Ohio State is definitely the most heated rivalry. So I'd like to know when – is that the biggest spread ever in this? It's It's got to be close, be and there. if not, I want to know what was a bigger spread. Yeah, maybe we can look that up. Yeah. With that being said, I like I like Alabama to cover the 24. I think I probably do too. <laughs> um, throwing this one out there for uh, for my buddy, uh, BYU-Utah. The oh, Holy yeah. War Now, they is, hate each other too. They – okay – that might be the most hated rivalry that people don't realize. I think they have the whole Mormon thing, so people make the incorrect assumption that it's a civil sure. type of deal. They hate each other. This so, is this is good old fashioned H A T E. Did you hear the quote from the Utah punter? He's a punter, a kicker. I can't remember which one. He's Australian, so he's only been in the U.S. for you know, okay. a few years. He came over here to play, and he's like, "I can't wait to beat these bastards." <laughs> <laughs> Now, does that quote see the light of day in any Mormon type of newspaper? I seriously doubt that. Um, Utah, favored by 11. They've pretty much owned BYU as of late. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to say a somewhat distracted Utah team wins, but they don't cover the, yeah. the 11. Um, Georgia Tech goes to Georgia. For some reason, because of the style of play, I always like to tune into this game because basically mm -hmm. what you do is you say, okay, Maybe Georgia can Georgia Tech can make this a game. Yeah. And if you're into the second quarter and they're moving the ball, suddenly that game gets really interesting. Yeah. Um, I love watching Georgia Tech. Oh, absolutely. And Georgia Tech has been on a roll lately. So I'm going to take Georgia Tech plus the 17 hmm. points in this one. Um, probably another – it's kind of along the same lines, but Florida State has a 36-year bowl – uh, oh. consecutive bowl on the line on Saturday. Wow. So they are sitting at five and six. They upset Boston College last week oh. in order to stay alive. Who are they playing this week? Florida. Florida. Cool. So Florida's traveling to Doak Walker, Doak oh. Campbell. Do what is it? What's Doak Walker. Doak Walker Stadium. Six no, no. It is Doak Campbell. Doak Campbell. Doak Walker's Doak the running back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Florida favored by six. Mm. I have got this weird feeling that Florida State is going to win this game. Yeah, I, Florida. I am not impressed. No, they're not that they're good. Like, they're okay. Yeah, boy, is I this the, is this the one time of the year where anybody that's not in the southeast part of the country becomes gigantic Florida State fans? There's there can't be many people cheering for Florida. I wouldn't game. think so, but I I'm not sure. I don't know what I want to happen. I think I want Florida State to win. Oh, I definitely want Florida State. I to think win. so. I hope I hope Florida State wins. Um, and then the last one is the. Is it the Golden Shillelagh? Shillelagh? Oh, yeah. Notre, Notre Dame, USC. Is it? So there's a Shillelagh that they play for with Northwestern. Yeah. But there's, yeah, there's two Shillelaghs. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like Golden or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Notre Dame's favored by 10. 10? Yeah. Is it Boy, at, at they, SC? It's at USC. I think I like Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. think uh, I, I have very little faith in this USC team. I feel like they've. They don't have much toughness. I think they're going to get their asses kicked, and I think probably Helton gets shown the door. The buzzards are 
swarming and 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 flying yeah, around Clay Hilton right now. There, someone came out and said uh, that the AD is supporting Helton, and then the fans Lin are. Swan. are was is it Lin Swan? Mm-hmm. Yep. So then now the fans are are pushing back hard yeah. against this. Yeah, they are they are done. I mean that's got that's got to affect your team, right? <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. So why wouldn't we have the stupidest thing possible happen? I'm calling USC on the upset. Are you? I, I think we're there's got to be a dish of craziness that gets served up to us at some point this weekend. <laughs> Just once. I mean, everything we're going over here about, the only thing that I really picked out that we're even considering is Washington beating Washington State. Yeah. Other than that, we're just saying chalk, 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 Pretty chalk. Pretty much. It can't be chalk all weekend. I like Notre Dame. Okay. All right. Uh, so that gets us through the non-Big Ten slate. Um, you got anything else to add, big man? That's it, man. That's crazy. We have now done – 26 regular season, regular season casts. podcasts and the season's over for some of us yeah but it continues for for most big 10 fans okay um not that we're done recording we got some uh we'll, we'll put out an itinerary at oh, the yeah. end of the next podcast on what we kind of think we'll do for the bowl mm-hmm. games i don't think we're going to be doing two a week not a two week forward, but probably but once a week once a week to yeah. be able to cover the bulls and some general general thoughts yeah for sure so uh this is the eyes on big podcast we really appreciate you joining i am jeffrey the greek and this is big kurt all right thanks a lot bye